We've got a we've got a big month plus coming up. Not only the Super Bowl, we're going to Vegas, but ticket stock is right around the corner. Yep. The station's 30th birthday party at the House of Blues, which sold out in record timing on White Elephant Day. Which, by the way, you can still make it. Hmm. There's going to be a few tickets held off, but uh, you got to listen to win. So just uh, I'm going to try to go. I'm going to try to win tickets. Be by the channel as much I'm as you can. Sure, David. my dad will try to win tickets <laughs> if he wants to go. I, I can probably get him in. But that kind of got us to talking about the year 1994, the the year the station first started. We've heard Skip Bayless as the first voice on the station, but you and I were kind of talking because we're we're pretty close in age. You were born in 1982. Mm-hmm. I was born in 1988. So there's six years between us. But the early to mid-90s for me, I mean, I was, what, turning six years old at that point? Yeah. You were, you were in seventh grade, which is a very impressionable age. Yeah, we had zits and girls to start worrying about. Yeah, that was... Uh, mm. Look, junior high is kind of the worst time in life, but... There was music, there were yeah. films, there were TV shows. I kind of feel like, obviously, you latch on to those things in, in your youth and your wheelhouse. But going back and looking at what was out there in 1994 it was excellent. And it wasn't just, I guess, Nirvana was, what, 91, 92, and grunge really exploded on the scene. But it felt like rock and roll was in a really good place because, obviously, more bands were trying to go a little harder, a little edgier. And it brought back... After the the initial grunge explosion from the Seattle scene in the early 90s, mm-hmm. it felt like punk made a comeback. Because 1994, there's a couple of albums that jump immediately to mind for me. That is Dookie by Green Day. Yep. And also Smash by We're, The Offspring. So if you hear Green Day now, because they are, I mean, that second generation of of punk rock mm-hmm. like they're in the rock and roll hall of fame now they're they've had a run of 30 years now you're hearing libs now you're hearing songs like this yeah of course you know they uh they're anti-maga apparently <laughs> but uh this is on classic rock now which makes me feel like old as hell because i remember seventh grade vividly and i don't know if you guys had this in middle school we had a jukebox in our lunchroom and you could throw some quarters in okay. there, All and, right. and it wasn't just a bunch Juke of juke box. Yeah, not <laughs> easy hand. But uh, they wouldn't, things are different in Mesquite. <laughs> they wouldn't put you know oldies in there. The teachers didn't really pick the music. They put current things. We had Offspring. We had this. We had and after Selena died. Oh my gosh, oh, that, was ni- that was nineteen ninety five. That was eighth grade for us, and man, there was so much Selena. But bitty bomb bomb hit. Oh my gosh, and it's also a great time for radio. And again, I think music radio now is terrible locally. That's why you need to be listening to the ticket all yep. the time. But ninety four five The Edge was just incredible because you'd hear STP. You're hearing... This was a little bit... This song was 97, 98, I want to say. Yeah, ham. No, I'm not saying anything bad, but I remember this was late 90s, and Justin, you're the same age as me. So I first started getting into newer music in probably about third grade is when I kind of started, okay, I can listen to stuff that my parents don't listen to. I can listen to hip-hop, or I can listen to rock music, and The Offspring was... That was terrible, but yeah, you can just kind of find your own stuff. And Ham, if you're going to pick a song that, in my mind, is 90s rock, I think this is it. This is like the first thing that jumps to mind is Interstate Love Song. Bow, now, 
Sorry. You're just listening to Hammer and Rhymes. This is definitely ticket year one and two returns. Yeah. Absolutely. Probably up until about 08 or so. But it was also a good time for hip-hop, too, because we still had Yo! MTV Raps, which I think went away in 95. But at that point, MTV was starting to play a lot more hip-hop and rap videos. It wasn't just like the hair metal we yeah. had in the late 80s. So that was a really good moment. I mean, Biggie... Outcast had some stuff out there. UGK. What did your parents think about hip hop music? Uh, Were they like turn that off? No, I, I was Sean. I was raised by just my dad. He didn't really care, and he understood that uh, music videos were just a good placeholder yep. to have. And I think there was times where it wasn't his music, but I think he would spend some time watching it, and I think he had a level of appreciation for yeah. some of it. He's pretty open minded when it comes to music. I think my parents were the same way when. This was a few years later in the 90s, but when S- or uh, Total Request Live was really big with Carson Daly and yeah. 97, 98, you'd get home from school, you'd see about 40 seconds of a music video, and that it was drove usually... Me crazy. Back to Carson Daly. That drove me nuts, because I grew up watching entire videos yeah. all the way through, and there was... I wanted to see all of Ball with the Ball. Yeah. I didn't want to just see, like, yeah. 30 seconds they'd, of it. They'd show it later at night. And that was, I mean, MTV was so great back then. And maybe we're saying this about the 90s, like it's nostalgic, but you can still see music videos on YouTube if you if you really, but you kind of have to, I don't know, go out of your way to find it. I kind of liked the spontaneity of it back then. What I liked is you kind of had to, you had to effort a little bit because you couldn't stream music. You had to, and I don't know how you felt about it. You could record it. it with a... You could, you VHS, could roll on a tape. Yeah. You could you could re- record songs off a tape, but the CD Walkman, we all had them in middle school, and we would get together before class to start the day, and sometimes we'd just trade stuff out because there was always a teacher or two, or maybe like shop class. You could listen to a CD the whole time, and that's how we sort of figured out what everybody liked. And you know, obviously, The Edge was a huge influence on the radio, so you just couldn't dial up anything. You had to. You know, seek it out amongst oh, yeah. your friend group. Yeah, so you've got... When did you get your first portable CD player? Portable CD yeah, player? Yeah, like the, like the Walkman or whatever. Like sixth grade, I think. So probably 93-ish. Yeah, early 90s. So it was probably... Probably about the same age for me, which would have been 99, 98. And, and I swear the CD player from 93 to the one I got in 1998, probably the same CD player. And you couldn't move with it, or it would yeah. skip, and yeah, it might the, scratch the, the CD. The anti-skip one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you're playing this, Pam, because middle school is when you started going to dances. Ooh. And mm. when this would come on, it was the chance to slow dance. Was this your first you dance? Hands on yeah. Your shoulders, you try, to, hand on hips, try to go find Morgan Taylor and see if she's a... Available. Just, just think about baseball the whole time. Thinking about <laughs> so, oh gosh. Speaking of '94, <laughs> yeah. great year for baseball locally because that's when the new ballpark opened and the Rangers went to the Red. First place, Texas Rangers. Yeah. And when the strike happened, they were ten games under 500, but still atop the American First League West. Place, Texas Rangers. You'll catch a uh, Saturday game with Morgan. If only, man. If only, man. And you had to call. Do that right. You had to call girls. You couldn't just text them. Yeah. You had to call their house, uh, or you could just be like their mom or their dad. Be like, "Hey, is Morgan home?" Or you could just be like me and never talk to girls ever at all because you yeah. were just way too afraid that just they would. So awkward. You're an yeah, talk to them on AIM. Yeah, see, that was yeah. well, AIM was when, like 90, by the time we were in middle school, six, seven, little white dude, nineteen, ninety-eight, somewhere in there. 
I was LD Falcon 19. Like Dallas Falcon 19 was my handle. I was, but yeah, that was. I was Bass America. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. New nickname. Bass America. <laughs> sure. Nobody's more American than me. Is this 94 ham? It yeah. is. Oh my God. Had no idea. But also so, TV wise, yeah. it was a good time because even though Friends, I think, kind of sucks looking back on it, that was a watch it on Thursday night and then you get on a. I loved Friends. I know, Blake. You did. <laughs> but you would call your friends, or if there was a girl you were talking to and she was into it, immediate conversation starter. So your your TV watching when you were 12 was probably different than mine at the age of six years old in 94, because this was... I consider this the Nickelodeon heyday. We had Doug. Oh, yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark, which scared the crap out of me as a little kid. That came on at night. You had all that, Rocco's Modern Life, uh, Gullah Gullah Island for the little kids. That was like Nick Jr. I stuff. no idea what that But is. all of this was before, oh, uh, Cla- Clarissa Explains It All. It's kind of a girl show. Boys didn't really watch it, but this was before... But Mino did. Yeah, I probably watched a few episodes. Probably pretty good. It was before Spongebob came along and just wiped out everything else on Nickelodeon. But yeah... Great year, great years for kid shows, kid movies also. 94 was the year The Lion King came out. Absolutely. And I think that's one that is, I mean, it's a kid's movie, but I think that one pretty much every generation liked. The parents would go see it with the kids and they would enjoy it. Number one Scar scared film. the crap out of me when no, I was little. What, 763 million worldwide in 94. But that was, that was a great year. Forrest Gump, True Lies, mm-hmm. Mask, Speed. The Flintstones was fifth in earning somehow. Dumb and Dumber, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Interview with a Vampire, Clear and Present Danger. You left out... Excellent. And we had Pulp Fiction. You left out Blank Check, the Flintstones movie. No, I said Flintstones. Oh, you did? Okay. The Santa Claus, good kids movie. Okay. Richie Rich, good kids movie year. Blank Check made me feel weird. I didn't think about it at the time, (laughs) but if you go back and watch as a... 35 year old it's on the island yeah we had Shawshank Corby it was a great Oscars year that year Forrest Gump won it we had the air up there (laughs) Kevin Bacon never seen Shawshank what? Just go to TBS and leave it on I I want to watch the TV edited version I think that's the only I think that's the only version I've seen is the TV version most movies You're in that era, out on all the the full frontal then. Unless it's on HBO Max or a streaming site, like if that's how I've seen, you know, Casino, Shawshank, the movies that probably it's completely different on yeah, TV. You're not any, yeah, any, not getting any, any boobage. What a year for Jim Carrey! Mm-hmm. You had not only The Mask, which grossed a ton, but Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber. I remember going Incredible. to see Ace Ventura with my parents in 1994 in the theaters because I guess they thought it was a kid's movie or something. Oh, he's a pet detective. <laughs> and it got to the scene where Jim Carrey is talking with his with his ass. Yeah. And my parents said, "All right, we're leaving." And we went oh, across no. the hallway and I think it was I think it was The Sandlot was still playing or something. That movie came out in 93, but Wasn't he talking was a, to Tone Loke with his ass? It, I think yes. it was. The great tone, Luke. 
I couldn't remember if that, it was that movie or a different movie where someone talks to Tone Loki. I can't that. believe. <laughs> and Sean Young was the uh, was Finkel in Einhorn. Yeah, and she was tucking. He had a not so 2024 reaction when he found out that <laughs> that Finkel was Einhorn. Yeah. Did he, he put a lot of gum in his mouth? Did he, he put the plug on his face. Classic. All right, classic. so so rank the '94 Jim Carrey movies: Ace Ventura, The Mask, or Dumb and Dumber. I think, I'm still going Dumb and Dumber one. I think Ace Ventura one, Dumb and Dumber two, Mask three. Okay, that's where yeah. I'm at. And by the way, we would be remiss if we didn't mention OJ. Because OJ was '94, and the Bronco Chase. Yikes! I remember that trial being on at the house. Every day. And as a six-year-old, I didn't really knew what happened other than there is a famous dude on trial for murder. And you got I didn't Judge know he Edo. played. Yeah. Judge Ito just I knew the characters. Bored. And then when the, when the non-verdict, non-guilty verdict came out, because we were in school, I remember listening to it on the radio. And Wow. Radio? Yeah. yeah, we had, well, the teachers went we to the TV. teacher's lounge to watch it on TV and we had it on the radio in our room. They carted in the TV because back then the giant TV would be on a cart that was like six foot tall. Yeah. But you couldn't sit close to it because it might fall over and right. kill all the kids. Exactly. So 1994, ticket year one. So that got us thinking, we, time wasters, we got to figure out a song. Maybe a show song. Okay. I don't know. If you have like any it. requests, get to us. We're going to do a cover or a parody. Because Justin and I have been doing straight covers the past few years, and they've we've been bringing the heat with it. Mm. But I don't know. The Rangers won the World Series. Okay, might have to parody something. TBD. All right, circle of life would be a good one. <laughs> you just go full. <laughs> yeah. 